Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 92, the Northman edition. We're closing in on that 100. We'll we have to are. do a little something, whether now, it's just maybe wear party hats or something to celebrate. We've yeah. already done over 100 I was episodes. Say, that's that's what symbolic. I was say. The symbolic 100 is around the corner. Yes, yes. <laughs> maybe we will release a super secret photo <laughs> just for the internet to find. <laughs> Scary proposition. Oh, my goodness. So, Adam, what is the Film Coterie for those listening for the very first time? We are a general movie podcast. Roger and I are both huge movie buffs. We see a lot of movies. Thankfully, we get into screenings so we can give you some early sneak peeks of what's coming out and help direct you to where to go because now more than ever, we have so many options on viewing. Right. There's so much dropping on streaming. Theaters are back up and running. I mean, this is one of the best first quarters for movie quality that I can remember in some time. There's so many great movies out right now. Yeah, I would agree. That we haven't had an experience like this where theatrically you could go and, and pick from four or five excellent movies right now. We haven't seen this since the pandemic. So the movies feel like they're really back. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. And uh, we're getting screeners on a little more regular basis. And, uh, you know, next week, for example, we're going to be seeing Doctor Strange, and that's exciting. So... Uh, we'll probably have either a day of or maybe even a, well, it depends on whether we do a spoiler cast or not, right? Right, yeah, we'll have to figure <laughs> out what tactic you want to take with that one. You know, but it uh, depends on what kind of podcast we do. It it will either be day of or, you know, the, maybe even early the day before. So uh, very excited to see that on Monday night. And uh, I'm excited to talk about The Northman tonight. But I thought before we jumped right into that film, we might take just a minute. And so what's going on in, in Hollywood? You know, what's going on in cinema world around the country? You said something about a f film festival or something? It's yeah? not a film festival. It's a convention, more or less. Oh, CinemaCon. that's right. Yeah. CinemaCon. Happens in Vegas. This is the chance for theater owners and other exhibitors to gather. All the studios go there. They show them first looks at trailers. They show them actual screenings. Um, for example, uh, today they actually saw Top Gun Maverick. And I don't want to overhype this, but the buzz was through the roof. Now, these are exhibitors. They have an interest in right. hooking you in and telling you that these movies are going to be great, but they lost their minds for Top Gun. They said it'll be the dad movie of the summer. <laughs> the dad movie of the summer. That's interesting. It definitely was not. The first one was definitely not the dad movie of the summer. It was the, my, the one time my wife went to the movie theater, I think, eight or ten times. And saw the same film over and over. It was like her and her best friend's weekly ritual was, what's going on this weekend? Oh, nothing. Let's go see Top Gun in the theater again. Well, they are still holding on to the original. I don't think this will be a Force Awakens where they've purely remade it. But uh, they're trying to capture some of the magic. There's a new Lady Gaga song. I don't know if they'll play it four times during the movie like they did with <laughs> Take My Breath Away in the original. But you yeah. may hear Lady Gaga more than once on the soundtrack. Well, Rhonda will be well pleased to know that that the next Top Gun is people are losing their minds over it. <laughs> is she amped to see it? Have you talked to her about it? She yeah yeah she is looking okay. forward to it absolutely. I mean she's actually going to go to the theater and she can I'm, come with us to a screening. I'm telling you that I, that might be the first one she ever attends. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, what else? What else at the CinemaCon? Uh, how about this? People have put their eyes on the sequel to Avatar. What? Vaporware. What? As far as we've known until now. Say people it have isn't seen so. footage. Footage is coming next week. The trailer is going to be attached to Doctor Strange. 
Theater's only for a week, and then it'll be online after that. So it's sort of like Phantom Menace all over again as far as that trailer being contained theatrically before rolling out. You know, one of the things about Avatar, it's one of those unique movies that blew me away. I think I saw it three times from like the Thursday night opening through Sunday. I saw it two or three times that first weekend. I think I saw it in 3D and regular and IMAX. And I was just literally blown away by just the visuals of that film. Just incredible. But I got to say, I, I don't know if I can, I can even completely tell you the plot of that film <laughs> right now. I know, I know kind of what happened. Right. But there was no lasting impact culturally, like you've no. said on this show before. It's never had much of a cultural footprint. You know? Yeah. And it's like... So I'm really amped to see number two because I'm, you know, what's James Cameron going to do? What kind, What's he, put, bags of trick is, he's, is he going to pull out now, you know? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, we'll see. I'm kind of excited we'll about it. We'll see maybe Monday. Uh, I've heard some rumors that the, the press screenings of Doctor Strange 2 will also have the Avatar trailer. There we go. So maybe we'll have something to report on besides Doctor Strange and the multiverse. So. Now, the CinemaCon attendees that did see it had to wear 3D goggles. And, you know, we always kind of anticipated it would be in 3D because James Cameron loves 3D. But you got to wonder how many theaters are still equipped to show a 3D screening. I don't know. When was the last time we saw a 3D screening? It's been years. Years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know. That was a th- It was a thing for a while, right? But Avatar kicked it off, and then it slowly died off after that. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Okay, so anything else exciting happening? No. I mean, we're getting ready to head into movie season. You know, the summer season is yes. almost upon us. Yes. The blockbusters are lined up. Awesome. Some will be awesome, some will disappoint, and we'll help you find your way through the maze of all the movies this summer. Sounds great. Why don't we listen in to a little bit of The Northman? I, I played a little teaser about 20 seconds or 30 seconds at the end of last podcast of The Northman. Um but why don't we jump in, listen again to a little bit of The Northman, and then we'll be back. You are listening to The Film Coterie. Did he find it? What he lost? In the house today, was it there? That. And more. a nightmare then you must wake up all right we're back and now it's time to talk the northman the northman third feature from robert eggers and if you're not familiar with that name he set the indie world on fire with his first film the witch yes to much acclaim and then he came and did it again with the lighthouse and now someone has given him a lot of money to make a movie. This Northman gave him a rough budget between 70 and 90 million dollars to create a Viking revenge epic. Uh, needless to say, if you've listened to us, you know that Roger and I were excited going into this film. Very much so. It always feels like a new Eggers film is something to celebrate. And he has created quite the cinematic experience. Before we even get into this, I would tell you to catch this before it leaves theaters because I think it is something that you'd want to see on the biggest screen possible. Yeah, no, yeah, I would agree with you, Adam. Um, 
You know, I was thinking about that before we jump into details about the film. I was thinking about that, and it's like there is some beautiful sweeping landscapes, and he captures the 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 the, the geography of the area so well. I mean, he's just visually stunning. But I don't know if I would call it is epic in nature, but it's a it's a, a, a still it's a small film at times. I right. mean, it's you see what I'm saying? Sure. It, 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 you know, when I think epic in nature, you're not going to get Lord of the Rings, the Battle of the Five Armies kind of stuff, like where there are thousand no. people on the set. That never happens, you know, to my knowledge, like huge, huge. But it's very grand. How, how does he do that, Adam? Help me out here. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a huge, big feeling about this film, it, it, but it's small and intimate and meaningful. Right, grand in scale and smaller in scope and the execution. Now, the story will feel familiar. This is based on a real Viking legend of a Viking prince whose uncle usurps the throne, kidnaps his mother, and the young prince has to come back and take his revenge or take his place and rescue his family. If you've heard that before, then you're familiar with Hamlet. Or if you're younger, you're familiar with Lion King. Both of the films have used the same legend. I, I'm curious. Do you think it inspired him to write? Do you think Hamlet was inspired by this Viking? No, myth? it was. Yeah Shakespeare's, oh, okay. yeah, Shakespeare's Hamlet was based on this tale. That is incredible. So yeah. this is the origin source. This is the origin of any movie you've ever seen about the evil <laughs> uncle... Scar, whatever you'll take that's coming in to take over the throne and the, the prince that has to go yeah. off and grow up and come back. Yep. And so so give me your thoughts. I mean, I, I let's just I'll just come out. I really, really loved this film a lot. It's the best thing I've seen in the theater this year. Just loved the whole experience. Uh I've thought about the film a lot. I, I want to go see it again in the theater before it leaves. Um there's just so much going on here. Uh I I, I guess you know, I my I used to say I'm not a horror fan, and I, I don't know if I, I mean I like I like some, but I'm a Robert Eggers fan, and this is sure. quote unquote not a horror. This film. This is not a horror movie, less horror yeah. than his previous two for sure. But it has definitely some supernatural, supernatural, religious, mystical, weird, sometimes horrific things that happen. Yeah, and on I the don't screen. know. It's funny. I was surprised this leaned into the supernatural as much as it did with the gods and omens and everything right. else. But I can't figure out why that surprised me because his two previous entries have leaned into the supernatural. He yeah. doesn't really dance on the line, is it real or is it not? Eggers likes to go for it on the supernatural front and try to make it seem normal and natural. Yes. This movie does an excellent job, just as his other two films, of just setting the field, drawing you in, and making you feel like part of that world. It feels very naturalistic. Even though there is some supernatural elements, they don't stand out. No, it's just taken for granted that that's the world they lived in, and that's what happened, you know? It's not like it's fantastical in nature to the people involved. It's just what they did. Right. It was part... The, the You know, we whether we would call them quote-unquote pagan rituals or whatever we would label, we would put supernatural, religious, mystical, you know... Uh, things they did that was just commonplace that's just kind of what you did you know um and it's fantastic i mean willem dafoe is weird and spooky and funny yeah i i, I always forget there's there's a lot of humor in this film as well i mean I, I chuckled several times uh but willem dafoe is just he plays like a court jester yet a mystic 
priest of some kind. Sure. And he just he just leans into it and doesn't hold anything back, you know. And he's weird and strange and bug eyed, and you're like a little off putting, but yeah, you can't not look. You can't take your eyes off the screen, kind of the deal, you know. Well, what about Ethan Hawke? He's having quite the year. Oh, he's, he's great. He's really good in this. If you've been watching Moon Knight, he's been playing an interesting villain on there. And then this summer, we're getting him in a horror role, which he's never done before. He's going to be in the Black Phone. Nice. Um, as a magician slash kidnapper of children, he's gotten some acclaim for that role. Wow. So he's having quite the year, and he's good in this, and he doesn't have a lot of screen time. He's in the opening, but he creates a dual character where you, you can hear the, you know, maybe he's not a great husband, but he seems to be a good dad, and kind of the duality of that, and can someone really be two different things? You know, the movie does an interesting job exploring that, and he is playing an yeah. atypical Viking. Like I said, I don't think we've ever seen a Viking king laugh and hug his child and seem to have a sincere, honest relationship. Yeah. You know, there's some unique stuff to that in this movie. Yeah. And, and you know, I even called, I, I kind of, if I, I predicted what some of the story beats and how they would unfold, but even knowing that and being correct, I still was really surprised in their execution and how he delivered them, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I, I just... You know, I don't want to get into a lot of spoilers. It is a revenge flick. Um, well, the trailer does say, you know, yeah. avenge father, rescue mother, kill Fjornor, or whatever his uncle's name is. Yeah, a- absolutely. But um, other performances, what what do you think about, you know, Alexander Skarsgård in the lead, Anya yeah. Taylor? I think he I think he carries the movie rather well because he, at first, he's just a tool of revenge. Right. His life doesn't have much meaning. Um, he's just been hell bent on this. He's had this mantra he's chanted since he was a child. He's now grown to a man. He's been turned into a weapon, um, as a raider in this other Viking group. And then on his course for revenge, he discovers some humanity. Um, the movie does slow down in the middle. This is a movie book ended by action. Right. Yeah. Um, as he becomes part of this farm system, he meets other characters. He sees a side that he would never have seen as a Viking warrior raider. Right. Um, and he, he starts to think, maybe I could have a life. Maybe this isn't a dig to grave situation where I'm off on revenge. And then, you know, the movie goes where you think it's going to go. There's no surprises here. That doesn't <laughs> mean it's no. not a well-crafted movie. Yes. And uh, I think his his journey throughout is really well played by Skarsgård. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. You know, I, I think initially I, I had some issues just kind of really... He, there is there's a physical thing he does with his acting like where he hunches over and takes like a slave's posture and i really just had a hard time getting past that overseeing that but the more i thought about it i was like overall i thought his performance was really solid really good uh nicole kidman i thought was excellent yep. and, and weird and creepy and audible ga- she she produced audible gasps from the audience you know uh, so yeah, I thought she was fantastic, and Anya Taylor Joy, she just she just commits, goes for it. It, it, it. She's just like Robert Eggers' go-to girl for films, you know. She is, and <laughs> you know the funny story is she really wanted to be in the Lighthouse, and there was no room for her. No, it was a it two-hander. Was, it was a two-hander. She could, yeah. And she even offered to be the mermaid, and Eggers said, "You don't want to be this mermaid." <laughs> <laughs> but they have had a great relationship. He's responsible for helping launch her career with the witch. Yeah. Um, they have a great working relationship. He can really capture her, um, gets great characters for her. And 
it's I think it's been delayed now, but he's had this off talking about project with Nosferatu that he wants to make with Defoe and Anya. Um, they're both busy, so I think that's been pushed yeah. to the back burner. <laughs> but he may make a script called The Night. We may always get an Eggers movie with the whatever, but we're going to be in line to see it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, I, and he's I, never going to make a modern film. He said he had no interest. Good. Okay, I'm fine right. with that, you <laughs> yeah. know? Give me these period piece films, you know, that are incredible. Um, but I thought the cast was great. Uh, you know, well-crafted film. It's just, you know, it, it is intense. It is... if. You know, I would recommend if you've not ever seen a Robert Eggers film. I'm thinking of some of my friends that this is outside their wheelhouse. You know, uh, if you've not ever seen a Robert Eggers film, see one first, and then just kind of condi- like go see The Lighthouse and condition yourself. Actually, maybe. I, I think this is his most accessible film. Yeah, I, it is, but man, it is still. I mean, there's with some of the supernatural elements, he's out there. You know, um, well, what's funny is if you read any of the interviews with him, he said this is one of the hardest process of his life because this was his first big studio film. He did not have final cut over it. Um, there were some edits that had to be made. Uh, originally, this movie could have been closer to Apocalypto, Mel Gibson's movie, where they were going to speak a more native tongue that you weren't going to understand, but that was part of the movie. Right. A lot of the dialogue, if you haven't heard, had to be redone in ADR. Yeah. Because he had gone with a really heavy viking dialect and everything else that was much harder to understand thinking that just the experience itself would draw you in but the studio put their foot down rightfully or wrongfully so and redid all the dialogue for the most part so what i'm hearing you say between the lines here yes is there's might be one day a robert eggers cut or a uh, a director's cut director's audio version of this film which i would totally watch and the other funny thing, and I don't want to be too crass here, <laughs> but if you've seen the trailers, um, he joked that they had to make sure there wasn't any male genitalia, because if there was, they couldn't be played on a plane. And the studio wanted to be on airplanes and getting people to watch it. So, in this final battle, the the hero and the villain do face off on a mountaintop, naked, but Eggers' joke, they had to be made like Ken dolls. CGI-wise and everything else, because the movie, no matter what, had to be able to be played on a plane. <laughs> oh, the compromises of a big-budget film, Adam. <laughs> yep, his next film will be smaller. He had his taste of big-budget. Yep. But I think he wants more control next time. That's awesome. And he agrees. He thinks this is the most entertaining version of the movie that was possible. But it's not quite his complete vision sure yeah he may not have made one to make a mainstream entertaining film his would have been a little different yeah his would have been yes <laughs> but that's what we like about the guy absolutely and we'll probably get his version at some point right potentially i, I think that's out there man well you know other thoughts about the film i think that's we're getting close to wrapping up here about it but uh any other thoughts uh you know i was thinking the other day i was trying to remember the score and i'm sure it did have something but I think I was just so overwhelmed by the visuals and everything else that the score didn't really stand out to me. And maybe there isn't much of one. I'd have to see it again. Yeah, I, I, I thought the ex- I was getting ready to say the exact same thing. I don't really remember. I know there probably was, but visually it's just so striking to watch. Well, they shot on location. It looks beautiful. A lot of natural lighting um, that it's a lot to take in. So Yeah. But uh, definitely a recommend from me. Yes. Uh, definitely recommend from you. 
Um, that is The Northman. It's in theaters everywhere. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about what else is in the theaters when we come back and give you a little sneak peek of Doctor Strange. This is The Film Coterie. back and uh adam we've got dr strange in the multiverse on monday releases next week what are your thoughts man i'm excited for this one i need to watch the first one again i'm gonna try to probably catch it over the weekend because i've only seen the first dr strange probably once so i want to refresh on that um i'm excited for this one just because it's it's sam raimi it's been years since raimi's made a film and in my childhood, Raimi was my all-time favorite director. Uh, Army of Darkness was a huge hit on me when I saw it in theaters. And then I discovered the rest of the stuff. That led me to Evil Dead, which blew my mind, and The Quick and the Dead, <laughs> and other movies that don't have dead in the title that yes. he made. And, you know, he, he, his production slowed, but he still has that magic, at least to me. So I'm excited to see what he's done in this universe. He's returning to the Marvel Universe since Spider-Man the Spider-Man trilogy he originally did. Right. And, you know, this is, a for me, what it, what is interesting about the sequel to Doctor Strange is when the original Doctor Strange came out, a lot has happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since that film. So is this really going to be... It is, It can't really be a true sequel to the first one, just picking up those beats. It's going to be a sequel to the last to Endgame and the last Avengers. You, you see what I'm saying? It's a sequel to all those, but what I've heard, the most important things you have to be familiar with is the most recent Spider-Man. Right. Which Doctor Strange was in. Great. And you also need to be familiar with WandaVision because she's coming yeah. straight from WandaVision into this. Both which of those all, characters. Which is also great. Yes. I know there's a couple haters out there on my friends list that I, you're still my friends, but <laughs> I loved WandaVision. And we have these two wizards or witches that have both sort of destroyed the universe and put it back together and, and are, and are going to have to pay for this. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the trailer, you know, some other dimensions are coming in. This is the multiverse. Oh yeah. We've heard Patrick Stewart's voice in the trailer. You know, are we going to get introduced to the X-Men? We're going to find out some interesting things here. Yeah. And there's multiple Dr. Stranges. The other thing you needed to have seen before this is the, what if animated episode? What if Dr. Strange lost his heart? Because yeah. the evil version of Strange that comes out of this looks like he's one of the villains in this movie, the Heartless Strange. Hello. So it's, it's tying off a lot of loose ends I'm here. I'm telling you, man, you got me pumped now, Adam. I'm excited. Good. I'm ready to go to the thing. I was kind of like, okay, I guess we'll do it. Yeah, no, whatever. But now I'm very excited to go to the theater and see it. So. Well, I mean, come on, Roger. There's like a beholder in the trailer. He's literally fighting a beholder in New York City. I know. It's great. <laughs> I mean, if that's not in your wheelhouse, I don't come know what on. is. Come on, D&D. And there's a Minotaur in the trailer in the uh, village. I mean, yes, this is... I love it. It's time for the fantasy magic version of Marvel. Yep. I love it. I love, Doc I love the first Doctor Strange. And, and then, shortly after that, in July, we're getting Thor Love and Thunder. 
which, from which looks Taika Watiti, yes. same director from Thor Ragnarok, and he's bringing the same kind of fun adventure to this one. I think. I hope so. I love him. He's always said he can't believe Marvel let him shoot this one. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it's gonna be so great. Okay, Adam, that's going to wrap it up, man. Great podcast. I, I, I'm excited. Mo- it feels like movies are back. Yes. They're back. I mean, and our podcast is back. You're, we're going to, it won't be three or four months any longer between no. podcasts, you know? You might get three or four a month. This is exciting. Good stuff, man. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. If Adam, how can they find us on the interwebs out there? Well, first of all, you're listening to this, so you've already found us once. You just have to take that same name, Film Coterie, and look for that handle on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Film Coterie, and you'll find our social media pages. Awesome. That's going to wrap it up. We'll see you next time on The Film Coterie. (laughs) 